wanted to start out by sharing with you a photo of a gentleman to see if you can recognize who this might be. This is a public domain uh, Navy file photo right here. And I wonder if any of y'all know that name. Notice all the medals this gentleman has. If you guessed James Bond Stockdale, you're right. Now, obviously, he's not Bond, James Bond, the fictional British agent 007 created by Ian Fleming. No, the late Admiral Jim Stockdale was a very real person whose memory should command our admiration, attention, and respect. As you can tell by his picture, he was one of the most perhaps decorated naval officers ever. And for his service and sacrifice, he received four silver stars, the Medal of Honor uh, from the Congress, and many other marks of recognition. His story is nothing short of remarkable, and I intend to share just a little bit of that with you here this evening. On September 9th, 1965, his plane was shot down over North Vietnam during the Vietnam War. When he ejected from his plane, he broke a bone in his back, but that was just the beginning of his troubles. He landed in a small village where he was met by a group that ripped off his clothes and violently beat him. And during that beating, one of his legs was broken and an arm was paralyzed. After being pulverized, he was then hauled off to the so-called Hanoi Hilton prison camp where he would endure cruel and violent conditions for years. The mental torture was constant, including his four-year stint. Imagine that. Four straight years were bound in He was put on during that time a station of the Geneva Convention. He received no letters from his home. As I thought about that, his four years in solitary confinement kind of puts into perspective the difficulty of our being quarantined for a few weeks or months or whatever in the comfort of our own homes into perspective. In addition, Stockdale was physically tortured at least 15 times during which he endured being, being beaten or choked or whipped. At one point when his captors uh, planned to parade him in front of foreign journalists as an example of how well they were treating American POWs, Stockdale intentionally cut his scalp and then beat his face with a wooden stool so that he cannot be used for their false propaganda. And keep in mind, during all of that span, he had no idea when his suffering would come to an end. In addition to his own personal struggles, as the highest ranking American naval officer in the camp in prison with his fellow POWs, he also shouldered the burden of leadership. His goal was to ensure the survival of as many of his fellow soldiers as possible. He instituted guidelines to help the men 
cope with the brutal conditions and torture. One of the amazing, most uh, brilliant things he did was he came up with a system for them to communicate while they battled their sense of isolation from one another. This means of communication involved tapping and pauses in the tapping to map out letters, kind of like Morse code. Stockdale's fellow POWs obviously leaned on him and his leadership a whole lot. And they, he, they respected him a great deal. This is exemplified by the fact that on his third anniversary of his being shot down, they found themselves restricted to silence by their captors. But as they swept and mopped the central courtyard, his men used the code that he had devised to repeatedly spell out a simple message to him. And that message was, we love you. When Stockdale became aware that some of his fellow POWs were succumbing to death under the intense torture, he intentionally cut his wrist in order to demonstrate that he would rather die than give his captors information. And his gamble with his life paid off. After that, his captors concluded that he wasn't going to cooperate, even if it meant death. And so the torture of American POWs at that point stopped. And then in 1973, eight years after he was first shot down, he was released. Now, prior to his death in 2009, Best-selling author Jim Collins interviewed him, and in his book, Good to Great, he shared some of the excerpts from that interview. In it, Stockdale said, quote, I never lost faith in the end of the story. I never doubted not only that I would get out, but also that I would prevail in the end and turn the experience into the defining moment of my life, which in retrospect, I would not trade. Think about that. He would not trade the experience he had in the difficulty of those eight long years of suffering in that camp. I'm reminded of my home pastor and I having a conversation before I began seminary. And I remember him telling me, he said, you know, Richard, Seminary is one of those priceless experiences, but I wouldn't give you a dime to do it again. <laughs> I can all relate to that. As we reflect back over our trying times in life, we can think about if we kept our faith, how we grew in our knowledge of God, in our faith, in our spiritual maturity, and in our relationship with God but we wouldn't give you a dime to go through it all again. <laughs> Stockdale wouldn't trade his experience for the world. Then when Collins asked him, who didn't make it out of the prison camp? Who didn't pull through? Listen to Stockdale's surprising response. He said, oh, that's easy. The 
optimist. We're going to say we're going to be out by Easter and Easter would come and Easter would go. And then Thanksgiving and then it would be Christmas again and they died of a broken heart. Now listen to how he concluded. He said, this is a very important lesson. You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose, with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they might be. For those of us who place our faith in Christ, we like Stockdale can trust that we will prevail in the end. But faith does not mean that we have to deny the way our worlds have been disrupted by COVID-19 or any other trials for that matter. Nor does it mean that we should set ourselves up to be heartbroken time and time again by potentially unrealistic expectations that our crises will pass by Easter or Mother's Day or Father's Day or the 4th of July or in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, four months. You see, the honest truth is we don't know exactly when this crisis will end. And that's often how it works in trials in life. Even the experts responding are responding to the ever-changing factors, projections, models, data. And they can't pinpoint the precise date for this pandemic's end. But in Christ, we can trust that not only will we prevail at the end of this crisis and others, but we will also prevail in the end period. I want to share with you a couple of brief scriptures in closing. In Romans 8, 35 and 37, it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And in James chapter one, verse 12, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. The crown to which James is referring is the kind of the olive branch victory crown that the Greeks used to receive after victory in a race or marathon. We receive a crown of life. So whatever we're dealing with, whether we're dealing with the isolation or we're dealing with the stress of COVID-19, or perhaps you're one of those uh, brave folks that go out every day. And even in the midst of this pandemic, you're working on the equipment you need to make 
for our nation at this time. You're serving in the grocery stores. You're working in the restaurants to keep those businesses going. Or whether you're one of the doctors or nurses or hospital workers that are on the front lines right now. We pray for your safety. And just know that in Christ, we are more than conquerors. We need to keep praying. We need to keep our eyes focused on him so that we can finish this race and receive the crown of life when all of our trials are over with. If you're one of our brothers or sisters in a country where you're being persecuted right now, let me share with you, hang in there. I don't know the suffering that you're going through, but I can assure you that Jesus can more than relate to whatever the weight is on your shoulders right now. Let's keep our eyes focused on him and the end game, which is the heavenly reward and crown of life that are waiting for all of us when we take our last breath here on this earth. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you that we don't have to run this race alone, but that you give us strength even when we feel as if there is none left in us to have. We thank you for those times when we can't keep going and you hold us up, which is more often than we realize. And we pray that you'll fill us with the courage that Jesus Christ had, even in the face of the crucifixion. Father God, may we remember that just as it didn't end on that cross for Jesus, he knew he would prevail when that grave would be empty. And one day we will share in that resurrection upon his return. But until then, help us to remember that we are more than conquerors through him. And that in persevering, we will receive that crown of life at the finish line. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.